Welcome to the Sharp Waiver Wire and Injury Show for Sharp Football Analysis. I am your host, Todd Burrows, and you can find me on Twitter at BestballNFL. Joining me to sum up week six and to help you to prepare for week seven are Curtis Hirsch at Curtis Harsh, H A R S C H, our waiver expert, and Tucker Bagley at T Bagley Sports, who handles injuries for Sharp Football Analysis. Gentlemen, we'll start with Curtis this week. What was your biggest takeaway of the week? Yeah, when we asked this, I was going to go on a philosophical rant regarding the owners, but I don't think this is the platform for it. So I'll stick with there are two really good teams. They played each other this weekend, six average teams, and then a lot of really poor teams that are still managing to win games just because the rest of the league is also like them. So that's my takeaway right now. My my Giants are not very good, but they have just found this amazing way to win. Um, it really is. I was sitting there watching the last few minutes, and I said to myself, this is about the time that they turn it on, get an interception, and go ahead, and then, um, you know, win the game. And sure enough, like two plays later, Lamar Jackson threw that interception. Tucker, what was your biggest takeaway of the week? Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway, and you know, kind of agreeing with you guys, there aren't a lot of good teams, but one team that I look at in particular, the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think they need to do something drastic in the offseason. You look at what they've done so far; they managed only seven points against Seattle on on Sunday this week. I know they just gave big contract extensions to everyone, to Steve Kime, to Cliff Kingsbury, to Kyler Murray, but this is a franchise that just looks to be in complete disarray. Remember their whole MO is they win early in the season and fall apart in the second half of the season. They aren't even doing well at the thing that they've done well the last couple of years with Murray and Kingsbury. I just, I don't know how much longer that team can keep that trio together and expect to, you know, things to turn around. Yeah. For me, the biggest uh, takeaway is that we are heading back in time through a time machine to a time like the 1980s where everybody was very conservative, tried to play not to lose, head to the fourth quarter and try and win at the end of the game. Uh, I call it the Arthur Smithing of the NFL. And it just seems to me that there are more and more teams doing that. Meanwhile, someone must have slipped speed into Pete Carroll's juice because he's throwing the ball all over the yard. Curtis, any thoughts on this? Yeah, did you see the play volume from some of these games this week? It, it was absolutely terrible for fantasy purposes, just because you're right. They're just playing slow, trying not to lose, and it's boring, and it's really not fr- fantasy friendly as well. Yep, and I think it's going to be a big part of our analysis when we head into the offseason to you know identify these coaches who are likely to pay like that and you know i overlooked marcus mariota going to atlanta when i should have been more worried about arthur smith yeah another like the detroit lions are losing but they're losing fun dan campbell obviously has enough pull that he's probably going to be around for future years so he's not trying to lose safely he's he's letting it all hang out so 
huge difference between the coaches that have job security versus the coaches that don't have job security like Art Smith. Yep, and that's a fair point. And that that is a good um, reason why this is going on. Guys, last week was our first week with buys. This week we have four powerhouse offenses uh, in theory and in rounds drafted uh, in the offseason in the Bills, Rams, Eagles, and Vikings. So some of the top players in the league are off this week. So waivers is going to be very important. And I imagine, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, Curtis, it could be more expensive to get not very good players this week because of how many good teams are on by. Yeah, I'm trying to manage that myself. I've looked at some of my lineups and some lineups have four or five players out because of the buy. And honestly, I haven't decided which way I'm going to go with this. There, Am I going to overspend on players that aren't worth it? Or am I just going to tank the week? I haven't really made up that decision. And I'm going to try do some homework tonight and find a player or two that might fly under the radar that has a really good matchup this week. Uh, if you rostered Dion Jackson last week, you won the week. So I'm trying to find a player or two that's in that category that kind of can fly under the radar tomorrow. Yeah, for me, what I'm going to do is I am going to go look at my team and who they're playing this week. And if it's a team that also has a lot of buys and doesn't have, you know, if I think that I'm in, a, in an advantageous position this week, then I am going to be less aggressive. If I think I'm way behind, then I have to decide what my record is and whether I'm, you know, I, I have one team in the FBG that is 89th overall. And it's got Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. So, you know, I'm 6-0. and So I don't want to lose. But I also have just a lot of equity with that team. And I, I really have to decide if it's worth it or if I want to save my money because I still have a good amount of money in that league. I share that team with Biplop Mandel. And I have to decide with him if it's worth spending or, you know, saying I can afford a loss here, um, but I want to save my money for guys who are really worth it. Your thoughts on that strategy, Kurt? Yeah, exactly. I've got a couple leagues where if I am dropping players, the players I'm going to drop would be Sky Moore, Traylon Burks. And to pick up a substandard player for one week, I'm not sure it's worth it so that's also a dilemma that we'll be seeing this week and we'll make next week really fun for waivers because you will see some players that normally wouldn't get dropped dropped this week just because of the pure volume of players on by that have fantasy relevance that's a great point and something to add to my thought process uh and another reason to uh you know bip and i have six teams one of them is one in five and pretty much dead. The other five are 28 and two. So, you know, those teams are, you know, set up pretty good. If I think I can pick up someone good next week, that that's a great point thinking about um, doing that. Um, I, I'm four and four in my other 
uh, four leagues. So, um, you know, it's funny. My season long is doing better than my best ball so far this year. Um, Tucker, let's head over to injuries. Let's first look at the quarterback position and the people who are uh, injured. I saw Carson Wentz um, is giving people the finger. I mean, Carson Wentz hurt a finger. Uh, Russ has a hamstring. Tua and Dak, are they going to be back? Uh, do the Saints have a, court, a starting quarterback? Uh, what are your thoughts on the injured players at the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz was the big name. He broke his finger on Thursday. He had surgery on Monday. So I think he's going to be out for a little while. You kind of look at Dak Prescott and the the recovery process that he went through. I mean, he's sped through it pretty quickly and still missed about five weeks, I think, for Carson Wentz. It'll be about the same. And just considering how terrible that offense has been under his command this season, I don't know if they're necessarily in a rush to get him back into the starting lineup. Um, Russell Wilson is an interesting one because he's a guy who was really never hurt his entire career. He's played through injuries. Remember, he also had a broken finger last year. And up coming back after, I think, only two or three weeks, he really rushed back from that that finger injury. So if he's able to play on that hamstring, remember, he's already dealing with a shoulder injury that apparently he, he got an injection on a couple weeks ago. So he's banged up, but I think he's going to keep playing for that Denver Broncos team that is last in the league. And points right now. I mean, that offense is atrocious. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. Tua Tagovailoa, I think, is going to be back this week. He was a full participant by the end of last week in practice. So I think they just gave him one more week to be safe. I think he's going to be a, a full participant in practice all week and will be healthy, good to go. And, and Dak Prescott, he's going to get medically cleared sometime early this week. And then I think the, you know, the, the gloves will be off and, and he'll be back on the field starting on Sunday. Awesome. Awesome. All right, let's get into it, Curtis. Uh, who do you have available to pick up? And, you know, what do we think? Uh, because uh, Ron Rivera already announced Taylor Heineke is going to start for Wentz. Uh, we've seen him play pretty well at different points. Uh, I don't think he's much of a drop-off from Wentz. Uh, but they've got a rookie sitting there, and they're not going to give him a try um, you know, back to that point we were talking about on coaches earlier, uh, analyze the Washington situation, what they're doing, and who do you like at the quarterback position? Back to my rant on ownership, that situation starts at the top, that that team is a mess, and there's no reason not to be playing Howell this week or for the rest of the season, but it is what it is. Uh, this week, in terms of streamers, we've got some... You mean Howell the heck isn't he starting? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of streamers, we've got Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, two big names on by. So there will be some competition for these streamers. Normally I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy, but that defense is missing some key pieces and the chiefs are going to score this week and they can be passed on. So I'm like the game flow that sets up there. I would roster Jim Garoppolo this week, not a player I'm going to roster a lot of other weeks, but this week makes perfect sense. I do like Matt Ryan. Looks like Frank Wright has now hit his week six turnaround and had a pretty solid game plan in terms of making that offense a little more efficient last week. And Davis Mills has the Vegas Raiders coming up. He hasn't looked really sharp at all this week this year 
but the Raiders are pass funnels, so that could give some good game flow for that game as well. Yeah, I just looked at one league that I'm really good at, and but I got Kyler at quarterback, and Goff and Trevor Lawrence, this is a 350 FFPC, are available on waivers. Uh, who would you prioritize between those two? I can't go golf against this Cowboys defense. Are you kidding me? No, not just for this week. I'm talking oh, about picking up. Yeah, uh, golf, golf would be the longer-term solution there just because they do give up so many points. But if you're looking there, I'm I'm also looking at Deshaun Watson, who's back in a few weeks, and that defense is also struggling. So I think he's a guy that we'll have to talk about in future weeks and when to pick him up because the defense is going to force that offense to play a little more aggressively. Yeah. And then um, we have to talk about Matt Ryan, who if you put in a waiver claim for him, you have to do it with a gif of the undertaker from the WWE, (laughs) you know, a guy that everyone thought was dead. And then like the undertaker, the coffin opens up and Matt Ryan comes out. Well, he did average four yards per air yards per target last week. So it's not like he came to life. I think they just realized what he is now and game planned around it. That's a very, very fair point. Tucker, what do you have for us at injuries at the running back position? Yeah, I mean, the the situation in Indianapolis is a little interesting because both Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Himes uh, uh, sat out last week. I think Himes will be back this week. He was in concussion protocol. Taylor's an interesting one because this is an ankle injury that I, I didn't think would cost him two games. He, he set out the first one because it was a Thursday night game. But the fact that he's now missed two in a row, that's certainly something to, to keep an eye on um, moving forward. And you also look at what happened in Arizona. I mean, they're really down to, to just Eno Benjamin at, at running back. James Conner and Daryl Williams are both out again. And Benjamin really struggled. He, he got the workload. I think he had 12 carries and he finished with 37 yards. I mean, it, it wasn't, wasn't an easy day for him. So, there are a lot of guys right now, and luckily, you know, I have Derrick Henry on a lot of my teams. He's coming back from bye this week, but it, it, it nothing nothing major this week, but a lot of guys that we're still keeping an eye on because these injuries at running back tend to linger. Another guy coming back this week, I, I think, it is going to be DeAndre Swift. They said three weeks ago their plan was to sit him out for two weeks and have him return after the bye, and, and that's this week. So uh, I'd look for him to return to Lions practice. Curtis? I mean, I I started Jalen Warren in one league last week, Chase Edmonds in another. Uh, Running back is, you know, I lost a a bid on Deion Jackson by four bucks in one league, and I won him in another league. Um, He did great, obviously. Uh, It didn't cost me in the league that I didn't get him, but obviously we can't pick him up with him being injured and Taylor and Hines right around the corner. What is there to pick up at the running back position? And more importantly, how much would you spend for these guys? Yeah, there isn't a lot to pick up this week. It's a, I, if you have running backs on by this week, good luck. Uh, Kenyon Drake, possibly. But that situation won't play out till, till later in the week when we find out a little more on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. But how about him coming out of nowhere for <laughs> speaking of Undertaker for to lead the league in yards last week? Didn't see that coming. And then 
Yeah, honestly, just look for some sort of pass catching back on a team that might be trailing this week. I, I don't have a lot. I definitely had to start Jalen Warren last week. I think he got 0.2 of a point. Uh, a guy I am looking at for future weeks is Kyron Williams. That The whole Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson situation doesn't look very solid in L.A., and I have a feeling Kyron Williams is going to play more than we would imagine he would when he comes back from injury. But then again, that offensive line is not solid and Sean McVay just likes to run it right up into the offensive line for two yards, every carry as well. So not sure how high the ceiling is, but he should be a guy that would get some touches in future weeks. Yeah. I, and and this is a tip for all you people, Sunday waivers, even if news happens, is much less likely to have a high bid, right? I uh, in in the in the leagues that let me look um, real quick in the leagues that I help control, I got Kyra. Uh, two teams didn't need a running back, so that left six others. Five out of my six leagues, I picked Kyron Williams up on Sunday. Um, and I spent anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks. Yeah. Um, it might have been a little much, but I heard that they liked him coming into the season. And now you're going to, you know, he's going to cost you more, even though he's on buy. So take advantage of those Sunday buys. Go back. And there's two main things I do for, for Sunday buys. The first one is, is there any late news that might open someone up? And the other one is, that's when I'll look to pick up maybe my quarterback for the following week or my kicker for the following week or my defense for the following week. And typically almost no one picks up a quarterback running back or defense on Sunday. So instead of putting in double digit bids, I'm putting in bids of, you know, two or three. And oftentimes you're able to save your, your money by doing it that way. Thoughts, Curtis. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that strategy. I have a few Jalen Hurts teams that I picked up Kenny Pickett against the pass funnel Dolphins. So that's looking real. Oh, yeah. He's in the uh, concussion protocol. So was good in theory, but didn't work out quite as well as I'd well, you can't. You can't but, worry about that. Yeah, exactly. You but yeah, absolutely. That. That if you've got a, a roster a spot, you have to be looking forward for the next week. And that, that's definitely a good strategy. Yeah, I think maybe we add at the end, Curtis, going forward um, during the bye weeks, I, I'll just ask you, is there anyone who's got a really good matchup for next week okay. that we should be looking at doing that for? I like um, that idea. Yeah, I think that'll add a little value to it. Um, all right, let's move over to wide receiver position. Tucker, take us through the injuries and uh, no hooray for Hollywood. Yeah, I mean the I mean the big news was was his foot injury and it was thought at the time on Sunday that he was going to be out the entire season and you know x-rays and MRIs revealed that really it's only going to be uh, about a 6 week injury so Arizona went out and, and traded for the disgruntled Robbie Anderson so that is something certainly to keep an eye on and he's someone that if people are dropping him in your league that's a name to kind of bookmark for for you know a month from now when he, he starts to ramp back up again but he'll be on the ir and deandre hopkins is coming back soon um as for the saints i mean all of their guys were out again 
They they missed Michael Thomas. They missed Travis Landry. They missed Chris Olave. Um, but the other big name that got hurt was uh, Randall Cobb, who in the last two weeks kind of emerged as Aaron Rodgers' favorite target for what seems like the 19th time in his career. But with him gone, Christian Undertaker Watson might... gift, part three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like every year Randall Cobb shows up out of nowhere around week six, and Aaron Rodgers declares him his number one wide receiver. But he's going to be out. I think he might be headed to the IR. Christian Watson, the rookie from North Dakota State, who hasn't played very well. He might be headed to the IR with a hamstring injury. So that entire situation in Green Bay right now just seems to be getting worse by the day. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, oh, Romeo? He wasn't getting a lot of targets last week. Um, Curtis, um, let's talk first of all about Robbie Anderson. One of the worst quarterbacks throwing the ball further than 10 yards this year has been Kyler Murray. He now goes to a situation, uh, Robbie Anderson, he's always been more of a deep threat than everything else. He's certainly not a better deep threat than Hollywood is. Um, How interested are you in Robbie in leagues where uh, he's available? And just a quick look at my leagues, probably about 25% of my high stakes leagues, he was available. How much are you interested in him? And who is on your radar this week to help with bye weeks? Yeah, caveat to that is Cliff going to get fired if they lose Thursday night. Uh, if if that's the case, I'd probably be a little more interested, but I just don't think this often. I'd throw him off the cliff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, adding uh, Robbie Anderson to this team is going to solve a lot of their offensive troubles because I don't think Cliff is smart enough to utilize his skills and he's no better than Hollywood Brown. So he's now behind DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, who's had an emerging role and Zach Ertz. I think the addition of Robbie actually helped Zach Ertz because I thought they might move to more four wide receiver sets once DeAndre came back, but they're not going to be able to do that with that injury to Hollywood. Uh, Around the league, I, I'd look at Taekwon Thornton. That Patriots offense is sneakily quite good since Bailey Zappi's taken over, and he adds a little bit of dy- dynamicism on the ground too. And with Harris injured, they can give give him some touches that he normally wouldn't get. So that's a, a sneaky pickup that I like. I'm probably going to be more aggressive on him because I think he's got a little bit of long-term success just because Devontae Parker can't get separation. Jacoby's a slot guy, and I do think that offense is underrated. And then there's Paris Campbell. We as fantasy players want to make, make the rookies the new latest. Sorry, I, uh, I, I had a reaction to Paris Campbell. I, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've spent way too much draft capital on Paris Campbell over the last couple of years. Hear me out, hear me out. Uh, we we want to make Alex Pierce the next big thing, but Matt Ryan can't get the ball to him. He really can't. And if you go look at their two wins, the A dot is under five in each of those two wins. And then there was the Bronco game, which neither team deserved to win. And the uh, Alex Pierce has an A dot of 11. He's going to be a big play threat, but I don't think he's going to get consistent targets. Whereas Paris had 11 and Pittman had double digits as well. I think this is going to be a dink and dunk offense that 
is just going to feed these receivers on little slants and drags. And it's not going to be pretty, but I think that's what they have to do with the situation they have. Well, he's available in every one of my high stakes Mm -hmm. leagues except one. And I actually, all joking aside, and that's what it was, I actually think that he is someone that you can definitely look at uh, for this week to, you know, who can at least be on the field. I mean, when that's really when it comes down to it at wide receiver during these buys. We just want guys who are going to be out there 60, 70 percent of the time and hope that we catch lightning in the bottle. Thornton, I actually played in a few DFS lineups this last week. Um, Unfortunately, other parts of those lineups killed it. But I do like his talent. Um, And I think that uh, how much would you pay for him? Uh, Thornton, Pro- probably up to 10%, depending on the team. I'm unfortunately, I'm a little stronger at receiver than I am at running back, so I don't have a lot of teams with a lot of need at receiver other than the Marquise Brown teams, but probably up to 100, maybe 150. And then Paris Campbell, you said he's on the field 70 to 80% of the snaps, he's actually on the field like every snap, which is kind of crazy. So he's going to put up those unsexy weeks of four catches and 25 yards, but it's better than nothing. So I'm probably just going to stay stay under 50 for him, but going to throw bids just to have a flex guy. Yep, I, I, I think that makes sense. Let's move over to the tight end position. Tucker, what are we looking at for injuries? Yeah, I mean, the only injury, and this is a guy who I think this is starting to develop into a lost season, is Dalton Schultz, the the, the Cowboys tight end, came in with, with fairly high expectations, but he's dealing with a knee injury that that he you know kind of tweaked in practice on Saturday before the game against the Eagles. He hasn't had a catch since week two. He's been you know banged up really since then. He's played 65 snaps since week two, has four targets, zero catches. You saw what they kind of did on, on Sunday night, Jake Ferguson, and, and, you know, the, the young tight ends they have in Dallas had, had a pretty decent week against the Eagles. I don't know. If I were Dallas, I don't know if I'm necessarily in a rush to get Dalton Schultz back because he, he's proven to be somewhat unreliable this season. Curtis, if people had listened to you a few weeks ago, they would have Dulcich on their team. You were He was your must-add a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was on the field a lot. Um how often do you think he'll still be available for pickup? Uh, how much would you spend on him? And is there anyone else you're looking at at the tight end position? Yeah, it depends on that Russell Wilson injury. Although like the offense can't get worse, it could get worse without him. I, I feel they might just move to the ground game and just try to win games with their defense if Russell is out. So that just is going to kill any vet fantasy value in Bronco land. But, yeah, he was on the field for the majority of the snaps last night, and I wish I would have taken my own advice. Probably up to 10 15% in tight end premium leagues. I might go after someone like Daniel Bellinger, who I think might see more snaps. And if the Giants are going to find out what Daniel Jones can do, they should have to throw the ball more at some point in time. Winning these game close games is great but they're going to run into a situation where they really need to find out what daniel jones is and can he carry the team on in passing games so i think 
that would be my new lean just with this Russell Wilson news. And then there's Kate Otten, who also should see some more playing time and has filled in well while Brait was injured last week. And then looks like Brait's going to miss some time this week. All right, let's uh, stay with you, Curtis, and discuss the streaming options at kicker and defense this week. Yeah, it's a tough week to find as most of the good matchups are by heavily owned defenses, such as the Cowboys and Buccaneers. But one that might go under the radar is the Arizona Cardinals. Other than the week one drubbing to Kansas City, the defense has played pretty solid. They have a high blitz rate, which could cause some turnovers. And I don't even know if the Saints have a starting quarterback this week. Oh, so that, That's one game I'm looking at. What, what happened to Dalton? He's on the he's on the injury list as something with his back. Oh, okay. All right. So let's um, any injuries at kicker. Um, I know that uh, that there were a couple guys limping around last week, Tucker. Yeah, Dustin Hopkins was was the big one on on Monday night. He he hurt his hamstring and ended up making four field goals. But that seems like an injury that that's going to linger a little bit. If you saw him on the field, he had that hamstring wrapped up. Um, pretty tight with a, a big heating pad and they weren't allowing him to, to go out and do kickoffs. They had JK Scott, the punter, take care of that. And if you look at the Chargers schedule a little bit, you know, moving forward, they host Seattle this week. That's at home in Los Angeles in a dome. Then they have their bye, but then they go to Atlanta the week after that and have another dome game. So if you're a team that that's necessarily in need of a kicker, I'd keep an eye on them, whatever kicker they add to their practice squad this week as a potential replacement for Dustin Hopkins as he, as he works through this injury. All right. So let's move to our next segment. When we talk about guys who are coming back off of injury, Curtis, um, there's one that comes to my mind in Van Jefferson, who's almost ready to come back. Uh, is he a guy on your radar? No, zero relevance for me personally. Uh, they can't even get Allen Robinson the ball, although they managed to sneak him a few passes last week. But they're now snuck in Ben Skoranek, uh, Powell, just not enough passes to go around outside of Cup and Higby for that offense to make another wide receiver really fantasy relevant, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so who are some guys that you might have to start this week due to buys? that you would at least have some comfort in for me. I mentioned him last week, and I still haven't started him. Dak might make it back. Michael Gallup is my name. Curtis and then Tucker. Yeah, I'm going to go with Russell Gage. He seems to be a little bit more healthy and looks to be a part of that offense moving forward with the Julio injury. Tucker, you have a name for me? Yeah, I mean, as someone who has Dallas Goddard as their tight end, uh, I'm kind of desperate. And Curtis mentioned the injury to Andy Dalton. Jameis Winston still banged up. I think I'm going to throw a dart with Taysom Hill, right? That that team's desperate for offense or desperate to get a little creative. They aren't afraid to get creative. Their best offensive showing this year came when Taysom Hill had four touchdowns. He, he could be a, a complete bust, or if he put up 35 points, it wouldn't necessarily be shocking either. All right, let's move right into our must-add, must-drop segment. And Tucker, you go first this week. Uh, I would add Kenyon Drake, averaged 10 yards a carry this week. Um, J.K. Dobbins uh, banged up again. They'll probably be pretty cautious with him 
given his history. So I, I think just kind of latching on to Lamar Jackson and that offense, you know, maybe you get a couple of positive weeks out of him. And then I would just drop Robbie Anderson. I, I just think there's no fit for him in Arizona. His best time as a Panther, he just ran shallow crossers all game and got like 10 catches a game. And they've seemed to just throw that completely out the window. I just don't think there's a fit in Arizona. And we saw what he did on the sideline. I, I don't think this is a marriage that's going to last very long. All right. My must add is Kyron Williams. I know it's a little thinner than you might think with the Rams, but they have had a lot of success in the past with their running backs. Akers looks to be out. So he's my must add. And Kadarius Tony. Um, maybe he gets traded. Maybe he finds relevance, but he's injured all the time. As long as he's on the Giants, they don't like him. He's my must drop. Let's go to you, Curtis. Yeah, I'm going to go with Taekwon as my must add, and then I'm dropping all my running backs. I had a dreadful week with Jeff Wilson, Jalen Warren, CEH. I, I'm, I'm in running back purgatory, so I might throw them all out this week. All right, the everybody over the edge um, for Curtis. And that's going to do it for us for our week six wrap-up and week seven review of waivers and injuries. I'm Todd, and for Curtis and Tucker, thank you. We'll see you next week.